and welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The answer. We're live at Millburgers at 1604 on Boulevard Road, where your gardening peers are out here walking amongst all the beautiful color. Uh, we have uh, some terrific uh, items on sale that we'll talk about. Uh, people are getting advice. See, there's just all kinds of great things happening today. It's a pretty day. Uh, it's cloudy. And I can't tell whether it wants to rain or not. Maybe this is the Sinisa prediction of the rain. It's windy, kind of windy. It is windy, and it feels like fall because yeah. as, as I walked around, you could see leaves falling. Oh. I think this is that day I, I always talk about how being surprised that um, looking out the window at our old <laughs> pecan tree, and it was like leaves on it one day, next day <laughs> leaves on it. Next day, leaves falling. Just it's like they, they, they knew they had to fall on the 13th or 14th, and they just decided, okay, here we go. You know what the special is about, special about today? Uh-uh. <laughs> Our buddy Dennis and Oh, I saw that, yeah. National Pickle Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't, uh. I didn't get a chance to check if it was the pickle contest, the pickle athletic event, or... Pickles uh, that make out of cu- cucumbers. Oh, you meant like pickleball or the, yeah. like the tennis thing? No, I think it's the cucumber pickle. National pickle day. Oh, now they made me hungry. Do you have recipes on plantanswers.com on pickle recipes? I don't know. I don't oh, remember. I, yeah, uh, I, think I, I think we've got a, a famous, uh, what do they call it, refrigerator pickle or... Uh, I thought you had some ca- kind of pickle recipe. that you put in the jar and put the... Juice over and uh, let it set, and then eat the pickle. Oh, I Cold thought you, pickle you and uh, Shirley Johnson. Shirley uh, used to ch- exchange yeah. barbs on pickle <laughs> recipes. Yeah, I, th- I think we've got them on there somewhere. I haven't looked at them in years, but uh, yeah, th- this is a, a good pickle day. And uh, <laughs> the uh, you got a favorite pickle? <clears throat> Are you a butter pickle person or a dill pickle? or? That's what I was All of think them. of, butter pickles. Oh, okay, yeah. Bread and pickles. Yeah, bread and butter. Th- oh, okay. I think there's a recipe for those. Bread that. and butter pickles. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, they're good. And uh, <laughs> it's amazing how many, pe- how, how many people are drinking pickle juice now. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, my son, is... Uh, he drinks pickle juice? Yeah, he loves what? pickle juice. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Just he I, likes I, the taste? It, yeah, I guess so. And uh, it's supposed to increase your uh, metabolism, uh, something in your bloodstream, uh, I uh, to drink pickle juice. Huh. And what's amazing to me... Is uh, how many things pickle juice are in now? There's a, there's a, uh, there's a, ca- uh, a chocolate covered uh, cashew that I love to eat. It comes in a little can, and they've got one with pickle juice, pickle flavor, and it's cashew with almonds. Huh. <laughs> so they're they're using pickle juice for everything. And I guess it, I guess it must be good for you. Uh, also from Dennis during the week on Wednesday, mm-hmm. November the eleventh, and uh, he he writes, "Check the sky. I just heard and saw 
about a hundred geese in a V formation headed south at 1.08 p.m. Okay. We're not talking 1.10. No. We're talking 1.08. Almost 1.10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are headed your way. That's what he wrote. So we appreciate that. Uh, I guess that's a sure sign that fall fall is here. Where, where are they going south? Used to in Tennessee and whatever, we'd see them coming over, going south. Yeah. So we figured they'd come in that way. Well, at least they're. they're Where they go when they go south here? Some of, them, some of them go just to the coast. Oh, there. Yeah, but uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't remember if any of them go on the South America. <laughs> I would guess so that some, uh, so some at least some keep going. Huh? Species, yeah. Let's go. That's a big. That's a big group. Big, uh, big group. A hundred geese. Well, I'm sure we've got some uh, people, bird watchers in the audience, that can give us a little information on. Well, that. we hope to hope to talk to Kyle at um, about uh, twelve thirty. I might so. put a, put him on the spot. You oh, know. okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, he'll, he'll say. Well, all I know is that they they don't eat my pepper flavored uh, suet, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, because we we see a lot of them. I, I guess we do see a lot of them on the, the route all the way down from. Oh yeah. From Canada. We used yeah. to we used to go out in the backyard there in Tennessee, when we'd hear them at night. Uh huh. You could hear them making that uh, sound at night. And in Minnesota, if there was a storm or something in the winter t- yeah. winter time, about this time of the year, sometimes they'd land on this that lake where we had a, a resort, and it was, you know, it was snowing and everything, and you, you knew they were just like 30 yards away from you, but <laughs> they're just huge numbers of them, but they land on the lake. Land huh? on the lake. Uh, yeah, it's a fa- it's fascinating to watch them. You're not supposed to shoot those at night, man. No, Kelly, no. You uh, would have to have a scattered <laughs> gun cannon. Anyway, that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, but like uh, that got me when uh, Dennis wrote that they were headed south. <laughs> uh, maybe they're close to the end of their trip. I wonder if those uh, those sandhill cranes that we have so many of around here. I wonder, I don't know if they migrate or not. Well, the Platte River, they go as far as the Platte River for sure. And then there's some of them that go down to the to the coast. Yeah. I know I've done some uh, trips to the Platte River to see them, and uh, the hooping cranes come through there. Oh, too. yeah, that's right. The only, yeah. What is it, only 36 left? or? Well, I think there's more now, but for a while, <laughs> yeah, while it's pretty... But when I first got here, I would go down west of here and in, in, uh, around Carrizo Springs and Crystal City. And the first time I went down there, first th- one of the things I saw was that uh, olive, a uh, Mexican olive. Oh, yeah. Blooming. That, that impressed me. But what really impressed me, being a, from a hunter family, was those sandhill cranes sitting out there? I thought they were geese. I'd never seen a sandhill crane, and uh, they were—I mean, hundreds of them sitting in a barren field. 
I guess they were getting something to eat out there. But uh, uh, then uh, they, when they took out, take off, they're, uh, <laughs> at that time there wasn't any uh, limit on them. I mean, you couldn't shoot them. It was against the law to shoot them. And uh, the, uh, but now they've got a limit on them, I think. Yeah. yeah they, they, have, they hunt some them. Some hunting. But uh, so a, a friend of mine told me I was excited about those cranes, which I thought were geese. And uh, he said, he said uh, the way to keep people from shooting sandhill cranes is to let them shoot one and make them pick it, make it dress oh. it. He said, they ain't nothing but a little bitty body and a lot of feathers. Hey, uh, 210-308-8867. Dale's been uh, on the line uh, waiting, and I, I apologize, Dale. My computer wasn't working, so I didn't know you were there. Oh, yeah, you always give that excuse. That's the only one I got. <laughs> right, so, Dale, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Uh, the guys have talked about your situation. Let's see if we can't figure it out. So, uh, so Dale, Dale brought. Well, Dale, you want to tell us a little bit of the story? He's the one that had the little baggie that y'all were talking about. Oh, oh yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. Good afternoon, guys, and thanks for the hey. call. Um, you know, I I made an effort, a good honest effort, as I always do in my fall garden. I want to drop some cucumbers in there, and I had them vining up real nice. And uh, all of a sudden, I started noticing. The uh, what appeared to me uh, vine borers that had got in there on the branches to my leaves that would just would just droop down, you know, and be all limber and be nothing, and they would die and they'd fall off. And uh, I kept trying to fight that with some uh, neem oil or thyroside or a combination thereof, unsuccessfully. And uh, why well, do you I think it's think- unsuccessful? <laughs> Jerry and I were just uh, were just commenting that it looked pretty successful because uh, there's no no leaf damage from the loopers, <laughs> and you had lots and lots of eggs uh, on there. Did uh, did the uh, you say you planted cucumbers? I planted the cucumbers and they completely wiped them out, and I could not stop them. So in the same row, I filled everything back up. And you know, dressed up my store a little bit, and I dropped in my uh, my little burger uh, cauliflower. There you go. And uh, now they've got all those. So, okay. Now, I, I'm, what I'm I want sorry. to say is that the week. I missed. I, I missed how the. I missed your comment about how they got them. How how did they did they kill the plants or? Well, I mean, eventually, because they just kept they just kept going with their, you know, sucking out all those branches, and everything just kept dying off. So, I mean, yeah, the last two or three vines that I had, I just finally pulled up because you know half the half the leaves were dead and gone. Okay, okay. And did I, that... could, I couldn't I couldn't get a hold of them. <laughs> did they? Uh, did they eat? They didn't eat holes in the leaves, did they? No, no. Uh, they uh, did the leaves fall off or just dry up? Uh, some of them fell off. Some of them dried up. Okay. This drying up did it? Uh, it affect the whole plant or just some certain number of leaves? Just just the leaves. 
but most I, I would say most of them did fall off eventually, you know, because because yeah. the brand was dead serving that lead. And then they would just jump to another one, you know, and they just kept going and going, and I was so frustrated with it, I didn't know what to do with it. And then when, I, then when I gave them up, I, I planted the cauliflower, and now I got the same thing, and then it's, it jumped across to my broccoli now. Did you actually see the worm? I never saw the worm, and I was out there last night at 10 o'clock with my flashlight <laughs> looking for something, and I still couldn't see anything. Well, we, we saw the worms on the on these uh, yeah, the little, crops. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this damage is not cabbage looper or broccoli looper or whatever you talk, want to talk about. It is a little worm, but it's a very tiny, tiny worm. Uh, you got, got your glasses, right, Trace? I do have my glasses, but I couldn't find a worm. There you are. I want you to look <laughs> right at the end, and it's a little teeny worm. I mean teeny. At the very end of that damage on the leaf. Yeah, I uh, still don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, it's very, very tip. Go to the tip, I'm, then come back. Coming, I don't see. Anyway, what what we see is a uh, a lot of egg masses. In other words, these things are gonna if the, if half of these eggs hatch out, you're gonna have <laughs> a lot of worms. Now, now, I that, most that, worms did lines. No, okay. No. Uh, there. I don't know what the worm is, but it's not a cabbage looper. It is eating the leaf. Come on, Trace. He's determined that Trace is going to see this worm. Right at the end of my thumb. He realizes I'm right, old, right? Right, right? right at the end of my thumb. Right at the end of his thumb, Trace. Uh, they're now little looking bitty on the radio. They're now both looking translucent the worm. worm. Okay, I see what it looks like a vein. <laughs> Can I touch it? Yeah. All right. There's a little bitty worm there. All right. I've, I'm gonna have to take your word for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, they are, they are eating the leaves. They're they're uh, eating the bottom of the leaves, and so your thorough side should work. Uh, uh, thorough side if it's if it's uh recent purchase, in other words, it's not an old bottle, but the third side should work, especially with a, uh, a couple of drops of uh, 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 squirts of uh, liquid detergent in there, Okay. And, uh, and then spray the bottom of the leaves, okay. the bottom of the leaves, because they haven't eaten through yet, and for third side okay. to work, it's got a... They've got to be ingested. Yeah, they've got to consume the, the foliage that the uh, thuricide's on. Yeah, it's, it's which is a, at the bottom of the yeah, leaf. It's not a contact herbicide, yeah. not a contact insecticide. And uh, you, you'll have to do this about every uh, three to four days because you've got masses of eggplant, of uh, eggs. Can, can, you go, can you go around and scrape those off? No, no, there are too many. <laughs> uh, if you wanted to, 
Look at that. See that, Eggman? Yeah. Well, well, can you, you can see that, man. That's see that. good. Thank you. In fact, I, I, well, I was the one who saw him first. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, Dale, does that help you? But anyway. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, I, uh, to be honest with you, I was using predominantly the neem oil initially. Then I said, well, hell, I guess they're just growing on this stuff. But then I went to the third side. And then I saw a quite, you know, falls there. I said, well, I think I got them, you know. And the boy, lo and behold, here they come back strong. So, yeah, that's yeah, you that's got, the issue there. Yeah, you've got a lot of egg masses that are good ready to hatch out. But uh, the Nemo is not a bad deal because it'll take care of some of the ones that's already hatched. So I would yeah. continue the Nemo and uh, uh, Thursite or whatever Bacillus product you have. I put it up about three, every three to four days on the bottom of the leaves. Are you still trying to grow yeah. cucumbers? No. No, okay. I'm done with them. Because <laughs> there you would probably be better off using a different insecticide. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Dale. Hey, Sorry. hey guys, thanks a lot. Have a great good day. Time. Thank you for calling. You, you bet. You, we got doing a good job on the coal crops. Yeah. We, we got Craig on the line at 210-308-8867. Want to get to him before the break. What's going on, Craig? How are you gentlemen today? Good. How are you? It's a pretty day. It's beautiful. This is your favorite caller who lives east of Dallas. Oh. Uh, down in Hondo. So I've got a question for you gentlemen. Um, we're, we're coming down, actually we're down here in Hondo right now to hunt, and my buddy's place has wild Sinisa, uh, that I'd love to grow some up in, in my part of the world. So, question number one, would the variety down here make it through a North Texas winter? And then two, what might be the best way to transplant that? Just dig it up and take it with me, or could I propagate that somehow? And what what is the plant? Sinisa, wild Sinisa. Wow, yeah. Sinisa. It's really wild. Yeah, I need <laughs> I need a reliable way to predict the rain up there. there yeah, exactly. You Thank you, Craig. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you live where? North Texas. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm about 25 miles east of Dallas. Okay. Uh. I think they will take some uh, have some freeze damage up there, but not bad. Okay. Uh, I would. Uh, uh, are you digging those off of the ranch or somewhere? Yes, sir. That that's kind of what I'm thinking. There's a there's an area of the ranch that it's as thick as you can imagine. Uh, so, so what I was going to do is probably grab some small offshoots, you know, that that are kind of sprouting up. Uh, something that's easy to transport and just there try to go. get them back up to North Texas. And can you propagate okay. that plant? Uh, they do it from cuttings. Uh, uh, basically, they do it from cuttings. Uh, it's, so uh, it's, it's, it roots fairly easily, but uh, you can't keep the cuttings too wet or they'll rot. Yeah. But... Uh, oh. <laughs> I would get the I would get the smallest. That's the easiest. Yeah. Smallest plant I could find. Okay. 
And dig it up. If he's going to do cutting, dig it up. Does, would it need to be hot or would it need to be cold? Would it need to be a green uh, the, wood? The, or, they need, or to, they need to do the cuttings in the spring after okay. it makes its flush. Green, green wood or brown wood? Green wood. Green wood. Okay. It hardens a little bit. Uh, so if you try to do that, do you do it like you might a rose where you, you kind of splice it diagonal and put in some root stimulator or what? Rooting hormone, yes. Yeah, like rutone or hormonidin or some of those. But but not okay. the root stimulator. That's going to be a liquid. That's not going <clears> to <throat> help you so much. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, good. I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah, if all this fails, you know they have things called nurseries. Yeah. <laughs> that actually that actually sell those in a container. Are they on sale this week? No. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not no, thinking that you're cheap or anything. You know. He would. You just. Fr- you just frugal. He wouldn't say that to your face. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I will. I will say on that note, the varieties that you can buy at the nurseries are going to be uh, better, for the lack of a better yep. way to put it. What? Yes. More attractive. So, are you prejudiced? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but the I mean, they've done some some great stuff with uh, Ceniso and like oh yeah Silverado and Desperado. The the foliage gaps are much smaller. Yeah. They bloom more frequently. Yeah. Uh, they don't get as rangy as that one that you probably have out there. Wait a minute. How could they bloom more frequently when they predict the rain? They're a better predictor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> what are the Sinisa out there doing in Hondo? Are they blooming? No. Uh, I, I don't know yet. Too We're, dry. Uh, I'm actually, yeah. I'm, it's, I don't we think we've gotten much rain down here in the past month. Yeah. So. All right. Too dry. Uh, wait, wait till you see. Well, we're speaking of propagation. We're going to be propagating the um, the Paul Cox yeah. white Sinisa. This spring, this coming spring, and I got I got some pictures that are so beautiful it'll make you cry. I mean, that's so I'll have them all when it's yeah yeah. (laughs) But uh, I've got a. I went out to you can't can't prop. They're hard to propagate when they're blooming, but I got the pictures this fall, and uh, hopefully next spring when it flushes new growth, we'll uh, take and root some cuttings of it. Thanks, Craig. We got to run. Yeah. Good luck, Craig. Thank you for calling. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Be back in a moment. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas, the number 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. More in a moment on 9:30 a.m. the answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. 
the answer. 210-308-8867 is our number. 210-308-8867. Before we go back to the phone lines, real quick, talk to you about Spider-Man, Termite, and Pest Control. And Warren Remy says 2020 is a weird year because he's still getting calls for termites. So uh, <laughs> uh, so normally we would talk about rats this time of year and other things that are maybe uh, getting into your home or getting into your attic. But uh, he's still got termites, and if, they're, if you want to make sure you're okay, you give them a call, and they'll come check it out and treat for them if you've got them. 210-656-3721. 210-656-3721. I saw some agricultural termites uh, the <laughs> last few days, which is kind of weird. Oh. Uh, you know, because the... They'll uh, eat they, trees, you know. <laughs> uh, well, uh, eat, eat young saplings. Yeah, they were... Uh, in a uh, Bermuda grass. Oh, huh. okay. And uh, it was just kind of, kind of unusual uh, this time this time of the year. Yeah. But uh, they, they got kind of a crumbly cover of soil yeah. situation, and uh, a lot of people see it and can't quite figure out. Was that in your yard? Yeah, it was. Okay. Well, listen, you don't want termites. You don't want to mess with them yourself. You want to take, make sure they're taken care of because they cause damage. Go go SpidermanPest.com or call Warren Remy and Spider-Man Pest Control, 210-656-3721, 210-656-3721 for Spider-Man, Termite, and Pest Control. All right, we got to get to Billy on the line at 210-308-8867. What about hey, Billy? Guy? Well, Billy's been waiting, so Mark and, Mark's here. He's, he's okay. Billy, what's going on? I just wanted to give you an update on Papes Pecans. Okay. A few years ago, we, we usually go every year, and a few years ago we found out they were getting most of their pecans from Mexico, and uh, that wasn't what I went for. I ask every year now, and then we went last week. Or all of them are from their own orchards now in Seguin. Oh, good. And they're very good. Yay. We only, right. bought, we only bought 15 pounds. <laughs> Do you freeze them? Uh, no, we give them away. Oh, that's nice. We, we keep five, and I, I send five pounds to my daughter in Alabama every year at Christmas time. Five. They're better than Alabama pecans? Uh, well, I've never had any Alabama pecans. I don't know. Okay, Can if I go back a, to Alabama, I'll pick you up some. <laughs> and, uh, well, but he won't if he's had good old when you have a daughter yeah, pecans, he won't want Alabama. All right. You're probably right. Yeah, Billy, uh, if you if you bought been buying from Pape for a long time, uh, when we have a shortage when we have a shortage of uh, pecans in Texas, they get them from out of the southeastern United States. Oh, well, he was saying he was saying they said they Mexico. he said they said Mexico. Maybe they meant New Mexico. One year they said they came from Mexico. Okay. All right. Thanks, I Billy. Just, Thanks for the report. I just, I just like them fresh. That's all. What, are, what are you doing on your garden? Anything exciting, Billy? Well, I'm eating tomatoes out of my garden, and that's about it. Yeah. That's me too. So, are you going to plant some red, white, and blue blue bonnets, Billy? Uh, I just mind. I, I usually do. Do you have them? Yeah. yeah, and they're on, they're on sale. They're in a four and a half inch pot for two ninety nine or five for ten dollars. There you go. 
Well, I'll, I'll go get them today then. All right. There you go. Be sure to wave yeah. at us. I sure will. All there right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Billy. Yeah. Well, Mark, what's going on? Oh, and then. Okay, I don't know if she wants to come on the air or not. All right, ma'am, did you want to come up? Ma'am, did you want to come on the air? All you got to do is just talk into that mic. Right or if there. you don't want to, you can just talk to Calvin real quick. I don't know how to talk. Anymore. You'll be fine. Talk to Calvin real quick. All right, and then we'll talk to Mark. Mark, what's going on? Huh? <laughs> I just You're not supposed to pick that up. That's okay. We'll, we'll sanitize oh, it after okay. Mark, please. Yeah, I'm clean. I uh, just want to remind all the folks out there if they have any outstanding coupons. Tomorrow is the last day. Oh, wow. Oh. The landscape coupons. I just talked to Trace. Yeah. And uh, he has a smattering of everything, but it's just a smattering of all the permitted plants. And if you didn't know what the permitted plants are, you can go to the website, www.gardenstylesa.com, and look on the final plant, and you have a whole list of permitted plants but uh oh and if they have any uh outstanding uh coupons for patio scape yes same thing tomorrow's the last day for All 2020 right. may it come and end soon <laughs> and when does yeah uh, when does it kick in again uh march the first okay well i'll have to look at it march one or two all right could we try to do it on a on like a like on a monday to get everybody involved okay very cool. Anything else exciting happening, Mark? No, no. Just did you see Ann Schiller? Did you see? Her? I did not. I will have to she, look. She's for right her. there. She's right. If you want to go say hi, let's see if she hears her name on the radio. There she is. No, no, no. You're not working. Oh, we're not working. Yeah. Oh, how weird. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if somebody turned us off. I'll have to check during uh, the break. Yeah, check it out on the hard break. Is the radio? Yeah. On? Oh, weird. All right, cool. Anything well, I else? I just wanted to, warn, to tell you that. While right. I was sitting here, I couldn't, I couldn't hear anybody. I couldn't hear Billy. Oh, okay. Terrible. That's odd. We'll have to fix that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's November. Yep. And November means tree planting. Well, oh, okay. Any woody per, uh, perennial you can plant. So whether it be shrub or tree or what have you, now's the time. Very good. I guess that's it. Is it the time to dig Sinisa? Okay, so I was like pulling it up when I was listening to that. <laughs> I was like with Trace. I was like, Trace, Cavento, Cavento, that's a really good one. Uh, like Trace was mentioning, there's a lots of really good selections that people have. We, the, the trade is made over the past 20, 30 years. So, but would I transplant a Sinizo now? Yes. Would I plant it up in the Fort Worth area or Dallas area? No. <laughs> They're going to freeze back, huh? Yeah. What about what about in a container, I guess? you could. If you, oh, if he was growing in a container? He didn't say he was, but no. I was trying if to If he were, remember, containers freeze easier than in the ground. Oh, okay. So but he, but he can, uh, it would he, probably be more likely to freeze. But he can bring the container in. Yes. Well, they go. If he wanted to, yes. And he can yes. decide whether well, it's going to. Ten after he goes to all that trouble to dig it and uh, put it in a container to take it up to Dallas, mm-hmm. uh, we would recommend that he leave it out. 
so he could blame the coal as well as the flat die. We don't know if there was a spouse involved in this. Sometimes there are, so that, that would be a good excuse, yes. There you go. All right, well, thank you, Mark. All right, yeah, just want to tell everybody that. Thanks for coming okay. by. Yeah, good to see you. I love your hat. I love your mask. Uh, He's got a have, very decorated a mask. Dead mask on, so. <laughs> oh, Is that to celebrate uh, Greg Grant's birthday? Yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> for, for those who are Day of the Dead. <laughs> I used to kid him about having a birthday on Day of the Dead. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, all. All right. Thanks, ma'am. All right. We're going to take a break a little early. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. In the meantime, give us a call. We'll talk to Kyle over at Wild Birds Unlimited after this. Uh, back in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. Texas on 9.30 a.m. The answer, 210-308-8867. They're busy over there at Wild Birds. We'll keep trying. That's great that Kyle and them are busy. means lots of folks are uh, helping them out and buying maybe Christmas gifts already or just uh, trying to uh, make sure that as the weather changes, they are prepared to attract nature to their yard. And we'll, uh, we'll reach out to him in a second. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Toll free, it's 866-308-8867. You mentioned that the um, uh, Blue Bonnets were on sale, the, the 5 or 10. You got? You want to mention anything else? I was going <laughs> to congratulate Trace and thank him for... Uh, Putting the blue bonnets, the different colored blue bonnets. Yeah. Uh, he he always helps us with these promotions that we're gonna have, that we have, <laughs> and uh, he he stepped up with the put the red, white, and blue blue bonnets on sale. Uh, like I say, they're regularly two ninety nine. Now. Almost three dollars. Hey, let's talk to Mike real quick. Oh, oh, sorry. For five for ten. Yeah, five for ten. I and mean, you're going to want to buy at least five. Oh yeah. Mike's on the line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Hey there, Mike. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. Except I've got a one of these fairly large utility boxes in my front yard, and I had some. I had some of these roses around, knockout roses around it, but you know, I think they've caught that disease, and they're kind of going down south. And I need to come up with something to kind of screen that utility box there in my front yard. What, what, what's uh, my idea? Are you, in, are you in San Antonio? Yes, yes. I'm just north of the airport. What makes you think that uh, it got the rose disease? Well, it just is looking pretty puny, you know, uh, and they, they stopped uh, <laughs> 
they stopped uh, really blooming. As a matter of fact, the deer coming through here, and it's kind of like a salad buffet every time they would get uh, bugs on anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, deer, I would, I would blame it on the deer more than I would the, it's not, uh, it's not the rose disease that, uh, Dallas and Fort Worth have. But, uh, oh, okay. anyway, if you want to, uh, he, he's looking for a small shrub or a medium shrub to cover a utility, uh, box in his front yard. How tall does it get? Or how tall does it need to be? How tall does it need to be, Mike? Uh, I guess about three foot tall would do it. Uh, you know, I mean, hey, at least that high. Dwarf Yopon, one dwarf of the dwarf Yopan. boxwoods, one of the dwarf Nandinas, because you can get some of those that will get three to four feet. If you're willing to trim, uh, Eliagnus, Pitosporum, dwarf wax myrtle. Uh, that's, that's what's coming to mind. Yeah. And there's All a good right. reason well, gotta- to come get those now. I know. I know this, I the know. regular boxwoods on sale. Oh, okay. I know he doesn't care, Mel. I know. But they're <laughs> on sale for forty percent off. Which ones of those are on now, sale? I like that. The Japanese, I like that. which is not one I said. The dwarf uh, yopon would be. Yeah, on. I thought the dwarfs is. were. And uh, dwarf Burford is. Yeah, well, that's gonna get. Uh, you'd have to trim that one. But okay. Yeah, Bur- Burford uh, would provide more cover, right? Uh, no, he he got deer. Okay. Well, so they won't eat yopon, right? They, they won't eat yopon. Well, we can't say won't eat. <laughs> uh, all those would work. Even the, even that dwarf wax myrtle would be probably yeah an interesting. If you want something different, mm-hmm. they will eat the Burford. I've 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 got holly, well, they, I've got can... hollies up the hill that they are uh, becoming trees because it's. Uh, the bottom four foot keeps getting eaten off. <laughs> and those were Nellie Stevens hollies. So okay. it all comes down to how hungry they are. Yeah. And I've, you, I've never seen one touch that wax myrtle. I was noticing the uh, dwarf Nandina, uh, the Nandinas you got for sale. Yeah, we moved, well, we moved them up front because uh, yeah, they're pretty. They're, they're, hopefully they uh, get colored up here pretty quick. Yeah, the deer won't eat those. Very unlikely. Well, I take right. that back. If they're in a drought, they... They'll eat, the, they'll eat at them. They generally don't. <laughs> they don't generally don't. Uh, they don't look very good to eat. Kill them. <laughs> they don't look very tender. Does that give you some options, Mike? Gives me a lot of good options. I appreciate it. All right. Now, don't worry about them being on sale at 40% off, okay? <laughs> I know I you don't care. I know I you don't care that about that. <laughs> yeah, right. He could pick ones that are not on sale, and I bet I bet he'd get a discount on Tuesday. Is that right? Uh, oh, I'm not, well, not quite sure how. I'm not quite sure how old he is, but uh, you're yeah, well, I, you're right. I'd get that too. <laughs> hey, super guys, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Thank Mike. you for calling. You take care. Trace, we're still uh, trying to get a hold of Kyle. Well, that's uh, why I came up here. I know. I was wondering. They're, plus, they're... plus, I heard Jerry say my name. So yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that was you and your, I your to way. Pu- I want to oh. publicly thank you for putting the red, white, and blue blue bonnets on sale. Uh, that, that's the first time they've ever been on sale, right? Mm. I don't think they were on sale last year. I'm not no, trying to remember. Well, we didn't do red, white, and blue. I've done blue bonnets in the past but uh, yeah. on sale, but... Blue blue bonnets. Yeah, uh, and, and that, that sale five for ten dollars is good. 
I saw a lady walking by with some uh, about three plants in her basket. Well, <laughs> the problem with that, you need to plant them in groups. And uh, and the more, more number, what do you got? <laughs> well, I, the I, more more numbers you got, the the showier they'll be. Now the re- the reason we're promo- promoting this <laughs> is because you t- I, I was looking at the pictures that we took last year. Yeah. And there were only three three people that. Uh, uh, called in for pictures. Yeah, uh, but uh, and uh, so we and one of those this year can't do it. Got a busted foot. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so we still got. I guess Bart is Bart Kelly going to plant some. I would guess so. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, Billy just called in and he planted some last year too. Yeah, he's gonna. And then I got some guy named Milton. I'm gonna and grow some. and his I'll wife grow some. Laura. Yeah. Oh, that kind of chance. to grow some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that increased the likelihood that they'll do all right. Hey, we, we, we had pretty good luck with them. Yeah. Them. Well, Laura helps. Scares them into blooming. That's right. Kyle <laughs> is on the line. We're gonna go run over there virtually to Wild Birds Unlimited. Because uh, one, Trace has a question, and then uh, two, we got. I want to talk more about that thing that you and I were talking about the other day. How's everything at Wild Birds Unlimited on Northwest Military at Hebner Road, there, Kyle? Hey, gentlemen, things are going. Uh, things are going well here uh, at Wild Birds Unlimited. You guys doing okay? Yeah, doing okay. It's nice and uh, pretty day, and lots of folks out here too. So that's great. Good, good. All right, you ready for Trace's question? This is a weird. I'm ready one. for a question. Okay. I want a hawk house. Is, is there such a thing? <laughs> I, that, that boy, that's a first. Um, you know, hawks do not build nests in a cavity. They build nests out in the open. So uh, they're not going. You could you could try to build a hawk house. I don't. I've never seen one, just because that's not how they naturally nest. So. So what can I do to bring hawks to my area other than have rodents, which I don't want? Yeah. Um, well, that you know that's that's uh, that's kind of a tough one because uh, raptors are they're hunters and they're going to live in a place in an area they're going to build a nest uh, near where there's a reliable food source. Now, I do have customers who come into the shop here asking me how do I get rid of the hogs because <laughs> and, 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 and I'm not I'm not suggesting that anybody do this, but. Um, uh, hawks are they're, they're, they're hunters and so if there is a meal nearby then they're going to be drawn in and what happens is a lot of folks set up a bird feeding station and um, yeah. the, and the hawks will uh, I mean it's a circle of life they, they, that's a yes. sort of for them so we've got some in fact we've got some feeders hanging in the elm tree out here in the median of the parking lot in front of the store and, and Danielle and I saw a sharp shinned hog dive down and grab a dove just the other day so they will do it um, but other than um, providing a food source, reliable food source, that's, that's not much you can do to attract the hawk. I bet if they feed the sparrows. Uh, <laughs> if they well, feed that's, the sparrows. That's, that's what he was no, saying. Jerry, that, that's your favorite bird. Now we're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the hawks catch the sparrows, right, Calvin? We no, saw I, that. I, I think I want to do the Game of Thrones kind of thing where oh, uh, you yeah. got one of them 
You gonna be a falconer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I was always fascinated by that falconer. We're talking to Kyle over there at Wild Birds Unlimited Northwest Military in Hebner Road. Kyle, also, I was trying to explain this when you and I were talking about yesterday, uh, not yesterday, but about a week or so ago, and it was uh, that something is happening with the normal patterns of birds coming through, and you used a big word that I didn't write down, so I don't remember it. And uh, do you remember what I'm talking about? That- yeah, I, th- I think we were talking about the the winter finches and the and the other wintering birds that primarily eat our seeds in the nor- in the northeast and the northwest that the, the con what's happened is the, the conifers have not provided conifers and other trees yeah, that's right. in, in Canada and the Pacific Northwest and in the, the northeast have not produced a good food supply and when that happens it happens every number of years we have what's called uh, an, an eruption that's a, that's eruption with an i not an e and and what that what happens is these birds have kind of an impromptu migration and simply because the food isn't there where they usually get it in the winter time and so when that happens they they travel south they wander down toward our area and so we yeah we're seeing some pretty interesting birds right now just because of of this impromptu migration that's happened yeah pretty cool what are we seeing um, the primary bird that we're seeing a lot of that's unusual for this area is a bird called a pine siskin. Uh, it's uh, about the size of an American goldfinch. It's similar to a goldfinch. It's just not as, as brightly colored. It's a little, got a little more striation on it feather-wise. Uh, pretty interesting little bird, and, we, and they, they travel in large flocks. And one of my employees here at the store um, had a flock of about 80, 90 birds in his backyard. So Whoa, pretty interesting wow. birds. It's, a, it's called a pine siskin. Yeah, pretty interesting. Well, uh, Kyle, Jerry ought to like those because they're pretty drab looking. They're kind of drab. <laughs> kind of like it looks looks not unlike a chipping sparrow, Jerry. So uh, there you go. <laughs> but, but I bet the hawks would get to those see. too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. In fact, if you saw one, you may mistake it for a female house finch. They kind of has the same, almost the same kind of striated pattern as a female house finch. Little are they a little smaller, Kyle? They are a little smaller than the finches. They're about the size. They're closer in size to our lesser goldfinches. So yeah, a little bit smaller. Oh yeah, but I guess I guess it would be pretty distinctive if a flock of about eighty went through. <laughs> yeah, you'd yes, probably, if, yeah, you'd probably notice them. You would, and and it's kind of weird because we get conditioned, even if we're not paying much attention. We get conditioned to the birds that we see normally, and so when we see something that's out of the norm, it kind of does kind of stand out, pops out at you. In fact, I saw uh, a, I saw a flock of about eighty little birds flying across Northwest Military the other day. I, of course, I, they were moving too fast; I couldn't tell what they were. But my suspicion is it was probably some siskins, just because of how they were flocking wow. yeah. and moving. And how do you attract the siskins? Did you say? Well. Yeah, that, so there's a there's a, a uh, there's a, a, a finch conservation group that does a winter. For, and it's kind of funny they do a winter finch forecast every year, and so you can go <laughs> you can you can go online and search for winter 2020 winter finch forecast, and they have mapping tools set up, and you can kind of track what's in our area. We're also seeing some nuthatches, some uh, uh, red-breasted nuthatches here in town that are kind of unusual, as well as some juncos and things like that. Red-breasted nuthatchers? Yeah, red, red, Is that what you said? Yep, nuthatch. 
Nuthatch. Nuthatch. I don't know if he yeah. said red-breasted or not, uh-huh. but Nuthatch. Sounds like something yeah. to say after a sneeze. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Achoo! Nuthatch. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, Kyle, uh, before we run out of time here, we're talking to Kyle over at Wild Birds Unlimited, Northwest Military and Hebner Road. I thought it was neat that you did the, the, the gifts in the box for Christmas idea. The, you want to talk a little bit about those? I was talking yeah, about them for the yeah. past couple of weeks. Yeah, we have, we have uh, you know, every year we, we do a lot of Christmas gift stuff here in the store, but this year we're doing something a little bit different. It's it's called a Share the Joy Box, and the whole point behind that is we get uh, we get joy out of looking at the wildlife and the and the plants and the landscaping in our backyards, and so it's, it's just an easy way to share that with other people that you're maybe giving gifts to this season, and it's, um, we got some pre-made kits, for instance, we have a, a woodpecker uh, share the joy box, you got a suet cage, a suet cake, a cylinder feeder, and a, and a cylinder of woodpecker suet, so it's just all, all bundled up in a nice box with a bow on it, and just easy way to grab a gift, and and send it to somebody. A lot of people are shipping stuff this year, so it's compact and small enough to ship to somebody. Yeah, there you go. So um, just an easy way to grab a gift that's already prepackaged and, and send it off to somebody who who may already be feeding the birds or may be interested in starting. It's a good way to do that. And I like the idea, too, uh, that, that it was basically self-contained. Once yeah. opened, you're you're ready to use and enjoy. I mean, it's not because like the one you showed me had the 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 feeder and the feed, so yep. it was all ready to go. It's all ready to go. They just hang it up and uh, and watch the birds. That's the plan. Okay. And if you miss feeding your uh, squirrels for uh, Thanksgiving, <laughs> Christmas is right around the corner. Uh, more uh, get your sun, sunflower seed and start feeding those squirrels, fattening them up. Yeah, we got squirrel feeders hanging on one on one wall, ready to go. So we got the shell and squirrel feeders. So we we got to keep our furry friends happy too. Well, now how does a squirrel feeders differ from a bird feeder? Oh, there's a couple of different options. A couple of the the uh, squirrel feeders have a little spike on them, and you stick uh, corn on the cob. On oh the spike, yeah, and yeah. It's got a little, oh, okay. little kind of a little table set up and squirrel just perches on that and chews away on the corn cob and then we got a, a peanut feeder it's a box with a, a lid squirrels will come up and and open the lid and grab their peanuts out it's a pretty fun way to oh, watch wow them. all right you mean they got they're smart enough to get the peanuts out yeah. <laughs> they'll well, do Kyle, it i'll do us a favor real quick we, before in the olmos creek shopping center at northwest military and hebner road 14602 hebner and uh, we're right over here in the shopping center and you can call me at uh 210-479-2473. It's 479-BIRD. Thanks. Say hi to Bill for us. I will. Bill says howdy to you folks. All right. That's nice of him. Even to Calvin? Yeah, Bill. <laughs> yeah, oh. uh, even to Calvin. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I won't tell Calvin. Though. All right. Thank you, Bill. Uh, Kyle. But thank I'm y'all. sorry, Kyle. I'm sorry. Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> we'll talk to you yeah. later. Adios. All right, that's adios. That was Kyle over there at Wild Birds Unlimited. Yeah, they're doing curbside in-store, all that over there. All right, well, give us a call and be a part of today's show at 210-308-8867. This is Milberger's Gardening, South Texas. Gardening, South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867. Calvin, uh, Kyle seems to know a little bit about birds, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's always interesting to talk to. Yeah. Except, he, uh, except all these people that wanted to talk to 
I know. Uh, Garden's got in here. Yeah, you had a couple questions. Uh, you want to wait till Jerry uh, oh, gets through know. answering this question off the air, and then? No, it's up to you. Uh, we did have a question about a Meyer lemon that was not did not bloom or have fruit for two years, and we explored the full sun. Yeah. Make sure uh, excessive fertilization. Okay. Excessive fertilization. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we, I, you know, you always suspect that it's not getting full sun, but uh, okay. uh, she was she was pretty insistent that it was. Yeah. So, so we thought we'd uh, try uh, cut, cutting back on fertilization. She did quite a bit of fertilization, and we wanted to concentrate on on fruiting rather than foliage production. So we're going to try yeah. that. Uh, but I would, uh, you know, my normal path there would be to look look for a place where there's more sun and uh, move, try to move in the the plant there, because Meyer Meyer lemons are are blooming producing machines, you know, as long as you can protect yeah. them from the cold. Okay. I, guess, I guess I could have pursued further the uh, if they got a slight freezing damage last year. That might have limited the production this year, but usually you it takes the freeze to knock all the foliage off before you don't get any fruit on it. What and uh, let's see what else. And you had the question that you were talking to another woman that was talking about the watering and the the dampness or something. Oh yeah, she had a Texas Mountain Laurel. Oh, that was uh, the full the foliage was. Uh, was uh, it didn't we had a bad year? Yeah. So we were exploring whether it was t- too wet or too dry, and uh, you know what what was the s- the soil like, and then you know how would you, you know? And so she was going to do some exploration and make sure that the the soil wasn't soggy or didn't get dried out. And that this year, last year was a pretty tough year on on plants that were in a or in a stressed. Uh, situation, so that that might have been it. So she's going to watch all the signals for for it next year. Okay, very cool. And the woman who wanted the ID was that was a Bush Morning Glory. Yeah, you got. Is you still alive? Uh, yes. Yeah. Is it blooming? Uh, it was. I don't know if it's blooming now. Oh, I'll have to look and see. They okay. sneak in. It'll fr- it'll freeze back, and you just cut it to the ground. Yeah. And if you if you uh, kill that, Milton. Yeah. You're at an all-time low. <laughs> <laughs> that lady had some, and she said hers are blooming now. Yeah. Uh, she got the white one. Got it. From, oh, yes, uh, that's what I have too. Got it from uh, Joe Tokini, who's passed away now. Yeah. Green Gate. I got one, it's but I I got it accidentally with uh, it was uh, it's in with one of my uh, peach trees. Yeah, hmm. see, the seed just came up. Yeah, and uh, she was very nice, and yeah. she was going to give me seed. <laughs> Which Jerry so politely said, "Hell no! I've got plenty of seed. I'll give you seed." She must have picked that up when I when I said, "This is one of Jerry's plants." Go uh, yeah, go talk to him. Yeah, so I told her about the write-up on plant answers and and the pictures oh, we have on there under flowers under uh, 
I guess it's under. I don't know if it's under Bush Morning Glory or just Morning Glory. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, <laughs> she's talking about uh, it has a foot. It blooms, then has uh, the bloom turns into seed pods, of course, and the seed pods break open. They're kind of like a blue bonnet, and the seed are real uh, fuzzy. They have a outside coating on. And uh, the uh, so she was describing that in great detail. And uh, uh, I, I was telling her that they come true from seed. So if you get seed off of a white one, they come true from seed. Oh man. You should probably warn all our friends. <laughs> yeah, they're all about to get Bush Morning Glory. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the uh, the interesting thing about that is Mr. Moy, <laughs> you know, his, have you noticed how much his name comes yeah, up? I know, recently, days? yeah. Have you noticed how much it comes up from one source? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, he did some crosses on that. He, I wanted a dwarf. Oh, really? I wanted a dwarf. Uh, because it'll get ten feet tall. That gives him the shake. He gave tall. him the shakes every time you ask for a dwarf. Yeah. Uh, well, usually when you make a cross between two plants like that, especially a, uh, a hybrid, uh, the seedling population will have some dwarfs in it. And uh, Mr. Moy tr- did thousands of crosses. On that thing before he got six seed. Hmm. He got six seed. And uh, he was so excited to tell me in, in, in Paul Cox's office that uh, he had planted six seed. I said, where did you plant them? That he'd made a cross. Uh, he said, down in the greenhouse. At which time I immediately got out of my chair <laughs> and went down and we dug them up <laughs> because uh, to really make them uh, germinate fast, they uh, need to be scarified like blue bonnet seed uh, for two hours in concentrated mm. sulfuric acid. Now, they'll come up without that, but they'll come up in uh, 10 days with that. And uh, so I scarified those. And uh, five of them came up, and they're the they're the they were the origin of the plant that we're selling now huh. as a as a, a dwarf uh, bush morning glory. And um, and he, he I don't I think he crossed it with a white and a pink to get the dwarf. Uh, the the uh, white is not a dwarf. Remind me, the deer don't eat those. No, those, no. They, they've got a, they're in the sweet potato. Well, they may eat them. They're in the sweet potato family. I was having a discussion yesterday with a guy that was talking about gophers, uh, planting them out in the sandy uh, area. Down in Floresville? Yeah, <laughs> down in that area. And uh, the gophers love them. And I said, well, you know, that's a sweet pot- in the sweet potato family. Mm. In fact, you can graft, very easily graft, the ornamental sweet potatoes on the limbs of uh, bush morning glories. Huh. And they'll take. 
and uh, have a you can have an <laughs> ornamental leaves. You can have a weird plant. Yeah, you're gonna have a weird plant. The interesting thing Mr. Moore found out <laughs> is that the pollen on those things is shed before the bud opens. They they've got an elongated bud on there. Uh but, and it opens the next day, but uh, when it's it actually sheds its pollen in the in the closed bud, so he had to extract the pollen from the closed bud before he could make a hybrid. So uh, he figured all that out after about a thousand tries. Cross couldn't figure out. But see, they're all self-pollinated because they open before the they pollinate the the plant before the uh, bloom opens. So uh, he's a pistol. <laughs> he's the only one I know of that's ever crossed one of those, as as many other things. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, uh, that that is a sweet potato. That's in the sweet potato family, and uh, we never have promoted it that much because it's not very attractive in a container now it's a it's you can't beat it once it gets established after a year or so because it'll grow in a swamp and it'll grow in a desert so uh it's it's a good plant but uh we never could promote it as a superstar because it, uh, It'll even glow in, grow in Floresville if there's no oh, gophers yeah. around there. Yeah. <laughs> the go, the gophers can take it out. Uh, Milton? Yeah? Do you like to read about love stories? <laughs> Be careful, Milton. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I, I'm not... Uh, we better uh, confer with Laura on yeah, this. Do you have a love story there? Yes. Ca- uh, Calvin wrote a love story. In today's article, in today's paper, SA Life. And he says, <laughs> just, just listen to these words. This is, this is lovely. Bright and lovely down to its leaves. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's hard to find a blooming plant more beautiful no. than cyclamen. The leaves are hard shaped. And a deep green with silvery patterns on the surface. The foliage alone could be the main attraction of cyclamen, but it's easy to overlook because the flower colors are so intense and the blooms are so showy. I think this is, reading this, this is the person that likes cyclamen. I'm, I'm guessing just you're guessing. Right. I'm just taking a wild guess at that. <laughs> That's probably consistent with the fact that I have second mortgage on my house so that I can buy, buy all my second <laughs> They make good, good, good wells gifts as cyclone to serve as indoor plants. They were, <laughs> that's the way they started out was uh, as indoor plants. The florists used to sell it. And uh, because they bloom uh, with uh, about the same light. Maybe not a little more intense than African violets need to bloom. Yeah, we had a, we had them in an east-facing uh, sliding door, and it just never stopped. Huh? Never stopped. It just loved that location. In fact, uh, it got so Judy just said, 
Enough, enough. It's just like <laughs> quite often you do with African violence. Yeah, like uh, and like uh, with uh, Phalaenopsis orchid. Oh, yeah. You get sick of looking at the blooms <laughs> after three or four months. Oh no, it's five or six months, isn't it? Yeah, I'll I'll have to quit my job and <laughs> and uh, not clean the house anymore. I've got it. My full time job is going to be to take care of my. Uh, cyclamen. <laughs> Most gardeners name a combination of white and red, as the show is. While my favorite is single color planting of purple or lilac. And why is that, Milton? Because they glow in the dark. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Trace came up last week, weekend, and said if they're in in a Planted in where a fluorescent light will hit them. Uh, at night, they'll glow. And I don't doubt that. Yeah, they're, they're pretty <laughs> spectacular. <laughs> so anyway, you, you can have them glowing in the day and the night, Milton. They glow all the time. Uh, and then Calvin goes into talking about how to handle them. Now, the, uh, the picture... That had with Calvin's article doesn't do it justice because yeah. all they'd had to do if at the newspaper, or we could have sent them some pictures, is come out to Millburgers and take a picture of their vent, uh, benches. They got all color, all series colors, and uh, they, uh, I mean, they made to take a picture of. And uh, you can't take a bad picture of a cyclamen, I don't think, especially in blue. And through the years, they've had some wonderful pictures of cyclamen in the paper, too. Oh, yeah. And uh, the only problem you might have taking a picture of cyclamen is that uh, the one Calvin likes, uh, purple or lilac, sometimes sometimes digital cameras can't, can't handle that color. Uh, so uh, that may be the only problem you would have, but uh, they're spectacular. And let me look. I think they're on sale. They were pansies, violas, cyclamen. Five. Four and a, four and a half inch pot regularly, five ninety nine. It's almost six dollars, as Jerry likes to say. Five for twenty five dollars. All right. That's a good deal. Yeah. So that'd be five dollars a piece. And five is a nice uh, makes a really big impression. By by your front door or by the back patio, um, and then the, that's the other thing we didn't emphasize. This is the deep shade. They do very well. I mean, that's the if you put them in too much sun, they don't last as long as they do in deep shade. Yeah. They uh, they uh, uh, last as long as long as it stays cool in the winter time. And that deep shade uh, will give them some protection from from a cold snap. That's right. And we, we got, Jerry and I have gotten pretty conservative and covered them for years. I didn't cover them at all. And then Jerry informed me of his uh, <laughs> research that he'd done. And the, the uh, sometimes, depending on the site and how much coverage they had, they would... You know the buds. Yeah, the leaves were never no. affected by the cold, but the buds, the flower buds, could be affected. Yeah, 
and then it took so long for the the get new buds or the buds to recover that it was it was just advisable to get some insulate and just put a, a layer on yeah on it and then remove it if it's going to be 30 degrees or colder when it's forecast for a period of time a long yeah. period of time and uh, and uh, they they uh, like I say you may lose some buds. Uh, but if you look at the flower clusters of a cyclamen, they've got a lot of buds on that on that stalk, and so you may lose some mature buds, but uh, the other flower buds will eventually come along. But it's not—they're not easy. They're not hard to cover. What what amazes me is the difference in the cold tolerance of the leaves versus the buds. I mean those leaves <laughs> they can take it cold and and uh, not freeze. So uh, like Calvin said, the leaves are pretty too. So anyway, uh try some cyclone and I think just like we were talking about the blue bonnets just a while ago, uh plant bunches of them. Yeah. And uh, this new uh, this new idea that Trace came up with, where he's selling them in groups, mm-hmm. is a good idea. Well, yeah, just think how nice a uh, little gift it would be if you uh, took five five of them to, uh, if you were going to visit somebody, your grandfather oh, or uncle. Oh, yeah. Either the cyclamen, of course, pretty exciting to take the red, <laughs> white, and blue blue bonnets, too. Yeah. We used to, uh, when we first came out with the blue bonnet transplants, 30 years ago, uh, we would recommend that people plant them by the flat, which is 96. <laughs> and uh, some of the nurseries, Mr. <laughs> Wessler included, would sell them by the flat at a reasonable price, cheaper than you could buy them. You remember that? When we'd sell, <laughs> when we would sell blue bonnets by the flat, Mr. Wessler would uh, sell a flat. If they came in and asked for a flat of blue bond. He'd sell anything. <laughs> hey, uh, Trace, I hate to do this. You he, just walked up. I know, but we got to take a quick break. He <laughs> watches for you, Trace. Oh, <laughs> he does. I, I, I see. I was waiting for Jerry to finish, and I saw Trace walking up. It's like, oh, no. Nah. All right, so don't go anywhere. Stay here uh, if you can. And we'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Thank you songs today as we get closer and closer to Thanksgiving by Al back at the station. Hey, before we go back to the phone lines, I want to talk to you about BSG. Learn today, uh, or actually I learned this week, BSG is doing some great things to help folks enjoy home theater in San Antonio, including helping them design it uh, and build it. That's what they'll come out and do absolutely free. They're a local company. They'll make sure that you're getting what you need. What are your goals for this home theater? Is it just music? Is it just uh, sound? Is it movies? Is it all of the above? What do you have in their house? Plus, they'll be able to tell you about things that you can get uh, when you go to BSG sgtexas.com and even enhance that um, it's absolutely incredible and by the way they'll they'll beat any price out there and that's it's actually on the website too bsgtexas.com uh, so you're going to get the best equipment professionally installed at the best price guaranteed so you owe it yourself if you're thinking about getting a home and uh 
a home theater system, whether it's just to enjoy movies with the family or you want music to be played throughout the home, uh, BSG will help you with state-of-the-art equipment, uh, the best that you can find right now, and they'll do a great job. BSGTexas.com. Go check them out or call them, 210-877-1222. 210-877-1222. What I like is they're going to help you develop this for your um, – they're not just going to sell you something out of a box and then go install it. No, they're going to help you build what you want. Uh, and make sure that you're happy before they leave. So that's what's really cool about BSG. And they can get a picture of the dog pooping in your front yard. They can. That's another thing. they got camera specials on, too. I bet you they can hook those cameras up to the big screen so you yeah. can see that. There you go. Uh, I hate to interrupt this discussion about dog poop. Uh, uh, no. There's another of your favorite topics, Jerry, right oh, there. The amaryllis? Yeah, and, yeah. That's and, cool. oh, yeah. and the cyclamen. That's pretty. All right, Mike has got some uh, cabbage problems we're going to see if we can't help him with at 210-308-8867. Mike, what's going on? Well, what happened was I, I planted cabbage by seed, and I did not have a single head of cabbage come up. So what I'm wondering is what I can plant right now, that some kind of vegetable I'm planting right now that would do well. How about spinach? Well, I thought it was a little early for spinach, but do you think it'd be all right? Well, yeah, transplants. Yeah, yeah especially from transplants. Yeah, well, I've, I've got seed. I guess I could start something in the house, but uh, I was going to plant spinach like in February, but if that's or, what you recommend, I'll try it. Or if you want if you want to stick to seed, one of the easiest things to grow by seed is the English peas. You're right. And this would be a good yeah. time to start to start them. I've got got the snow peas, and they're just now starting to make peas, and I love those. Yeah, they're great. Uh, And it's a a good time to plant them. Kevin says, uh, uh, this week in the garden, said, use seeds for English peas, radishes, turnips, beets, and lettuce. So this is the ideal time to plant Crawford lettuce, reseeding lettuce. And we have free seed here in Melbourne. Okay. Okay. Ask it inside at the cash register. Have you ever grown Crawford lettuce seed? No, it's a long drive of protein, so I might have to buy them online. <laughs> they're, not, uh, they're not available online. <laughs> Are you, where uh, no, you no, from? No. Protein. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> A long drive from Poteet. Yeah. And one of these days when I drive up there, I'll tell you about the great tragedy of my Celeste fig tree. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. That was the one that put... cotton rear drive. No, I put... I put... I was the one that cut pants in half and slipped over the trees when they were young to, oh, to uh, yeah. protect them. I remember well, that. I'll tell you the quick story. There was a real bad car accident, a bunch of migrant farm workers right in front of my house, <laughs> and when, when EMS came out there and was picking that body up, they grabbed my Celeste tree and jerked it out of the ground and ran off with it, so oh, I lost that. No. Well, that's that's tough. <laughs> you, you tried, though. You tried hard. I'll, just, I'll do another one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is there, uh, is there a nursery in Poteet now? There used to be 
friend of mine had a nursery down there. He used to be the uh, principal of the high school down there. No, there's there's a place down here that that you can kind of arrange to come look at trees, but that's all they've got. No, oh, okay, yeah. All right. I, th- I think he passed away. You'll have to come visit with us. Yeah, now, that Crawford reseeding lettuce is worth it for the price. Oh yeah. By okay, time. well I might yeah. do that. All right, we'll wave at us on the porch. Or do turnips or beets and. Do you want to talk about your cabbage English and what peas. went wrong? I I don't have any idea. I, uh, bought fresh seed. I worked the ground. Uh, I use uh, used tires. Uh, cut the sidewalls out of them and use them to make uh, elevated beds. And yeah. uh, and everything else did pretty good. But the but I mean, not one head of cabbage came up. Nothing. When you you bought the seed somewhere uh, online yes, I, or something? And when did you no, plant I, the seed? Uh. I bought, planted them uh, early November, and uh, uh, I okay. bought them at Tractor Supply. That that should have been that should have been okay. Uh, did you plant them on top of the ground, or did you cover them? I best barely covered them. Okay. Uh, could have been old seed. Um, <laughs> did you water them in after you uh, planted them? Yes, I, and I check them. I will, anytime the, the ground starts looking dry, I put a little water on them. Okay. Well, cabbage usually comes up pretty good, even in uh, hotter soil. Yeah. So uh, I would bet on the uh, older seed. Yeah. So try, try, try some new seed. And on the spinach now, spinach is looking for a reason not to come up. Yeah. That's why we always recommend uh, spinach transplant. Yeah, it was such a such a relief to use transplants and try, trying to fight with the <laughs> spinach seedlings. Well, I've always yeah. had a lot, yeah, a lot of good luck with spinach down here. I grow more than I can eat and more than I can put up. Oh, yeah, and keep bragging that, about well, that, and that yeah. sandy soil. Yeah. Well, then you deserve the cabbage not growing, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for coming and uh, calling in. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Let us know, Mike, how it goes. Yeah. All right, Talk thank you. Talk to you later. All right, you take care. That'll free up a line at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Did, did you notice anything that, uh, that was left out when I mentioned the uh, seed, planting from seed? And it's obvious that I'll, I, I'll read you I, this I, list. I have it implanted <laughs> in his head. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Use seeds for English peas, radishes, turnips, beets, and lettuce. Oh. What's missing, Milton? Rutabagas. There you go. Uh, Maybe we worn him down, Milton. Is it really missing or are you just not reading it? No, it's, it's missing. Oh. I was excited when I saw it. I, I, I don't see it as much in uh, tri- in racks. Yeah. racks. Wonder why that is. That's because Jerry's uh, leading a conspiracy. Yeah, he's, uh, he's 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 calling nurseries. You better not carry that rutabaga. You know it's good for you. Uh, the Kevin uh, talking about uh, low-growing plants from slugs and snails. Uh, control, uh, control them uh, with sl- slug and snail bite. Yeah. Have you had? Have you ever had uh, uh, 
Are you talking about the uh, cyclamens in that category? I have I have put slug and snail bait out for pansies, cyclamen. Yeah. Now, of course, primula is the one that really you really they they go after. Um, but I put them out just automatically because of their uh, low growing. But I generally it's generally not a big issue. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm cyclamen. Yeah, some 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 years it's worse than others. I don't know whether that follows a rainy spring or. Well, and they're what's going on? More likely to be after the blooms and the leaves again. Yeah. Le- the leaves are so uh, firm and stiff that uh, I guess they find find it easier to eat the fol- the eat the blooms. Yeah. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Richard is on the line. Richard, what's going on? Yes, I got a patch of. Uh, area that only gets a couple hours of sun in the afternoon so the calyptocarpus vialis has taken over and what i just noticed this morning is dying off what could be causing that okay you, you right. what's taking over um horse herb all right great congratulations but it, it seems to be dying off right now the leaves are turning black what, what could be yeah it's 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 dry I had mine dried off too. Oh, really? I had somebody that uh, sent me a, a photo of hers just <laughs> taken off uh, in her irrigated San Augustine. Yeah, yeah. But uh, keep the faith; it is not dead. It is. It shall return. But uh, it 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 just dries down. Uh, the plants dry down, and it it's dry now. I mean, it's severely dry. I've still been watering my uh, satsuma trees, which are in a very shallow, if any existent soil exists, and uh, because it's sizing the fruit now. So uh, it's extremely dry now. Okay, I th- I well, thank you much. Somebody was telling me the other day that, uh, that the burn ban or the burn warnings are in effect over a large area here now. So uh, you be careful with fires, too. And the grass is obviously dormant or brown. But that's, that is good to have people that are concerned about their horse herd. I don't know. He didn't stay on the line very long once he heard <laughs> found out. <laughs> There's some people in our audience, I'm not going to call her name, that mm-hmm. doesn't love her horse herb well, as much as Richard loves his. Well, I, no, I, I was she, amazed she that not. Richard uses the uses the Latin Bible. I know. I, was, no, I know. It. If that Evelyn had, way. that would have really fl- <laughs> been exciting. <laughs> uh, but anyway, to each his own, I guess. All right, 210-308-8867. Let's take a quick break. Give you a chance to call 210-308-8867. More of Milberger's Gardening South Texas coming up on 9:30 a.m. The answer. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal. 
And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons sitting on the porch here talking gardening with you at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Maybe we'll sit Billy tomorrow. I hope I don't hope. There you go. Well, Calvin and I were just talking about uh, his tomato crop. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> They they seem to be doing pretty good this year, and he's you know which one he says is ripening earlier and everything melted the fish, the fish tomato. Oh, the uh, red snapper. Red snapper. Uh, <laughs> he finally got some. <laughs> so, so anyway, I'm I'm glad that's uh, working out for people. Uh, I was. Uh, and he also said the real Grandy Gold is putting on a lot of peppers, as they do at this time of the year. And so it looks it looks like uh, if we get off of our lazy selves to and uh, collect some seed, we'll have some seed for next year maybe. And I've, I've got some growing down south. Now, they grow tomatoes down south yeah. in the greenhouse. And they've got a complaint about uh, Tycoon, which I thought I would bring to Calvin's attention. Oh, yeah, he did recommend it. Yeah. Too big? <laughs> Too many? Oh. They're, they're, <laughs> the guys in the greenhouse, of course, they, they're growing them in containers, and they're stringing them to a wire rather than a cage. And it's a metal wire. That's a, it's a little metal wire and they say they go in there uh, sometime twice a day and have to try to hang that wire again it's broken it's got so many tomatoes on it it's broken the wire and that's interesting I don't know if you know my, the uh, sample isn't large enough to really verify <laughs> but I was just noticing today that that they're they're leaning on the tomato cage. Yeah, yeah. And doing the same thing. I say, well, <laughs> how do I keep keep them from getting yeah. deformed? Well, the the uh, the guy said that uh, their next project in the greenhouse is to get a larger cable to hold those tycoons up. And the amazing thing about it to me, I was down there yesterday, and. Uh, is they're setting big fruit all the way to the top. They they've been they've ser- they've harvested tons of tomatoes out of there. That's the fi- the fish tomato is do- doing the same thing. Yeah. So how do you keep mites off of tomato plants that are in a greenhouse situation? That's tough. Uh, we're, we 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 had- we tried this once, and I already know <laughs> I already know there's not really an answer. No, they're not. We uh. Neil says, Neil Sparrow. Hang on, Joe. Uh, uh, Malathon. But, of course, we don't have calthane anymore. We don't have the red spider mite spray. I, th- I think the only the, the uh, product that you have, said that which says red spider mite spray, is actually got uh, neem oil in it. Right? Mm, I don't think so. I'll go look. Okay. I don't know what it's got. Help us out with Joe for a second. But it hasn't got calthane. 
210-308-8867. Joe, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Thanks for waiting. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Doing all right. I have a. I'm here. I live here in Fair Oaks, and I yeah. planted a. I planted a uh, oak tree in Monterey about four or five years ago, and uh, it's about 15 foot tall or better. It's growing good, good but it gets a, gets a lot of leaves in the spring, and then at some period they start falling off, and they have a lot of little. Sp- Spots all over the leaves, and uh, I've been treating it with uh, fertilone systemic fungicide too, and it's done yeah. some good. But it's it's kind of later later in the season this time that the top leaves are beginning to shed, and they all have that have those little spots all about the size of BB or less cover the whole leaf. So I'm not sure okay. what I'm dealing okay. with. Okay, is, is the hole, is the little spot got a hole in it? In other words, does it no. go all the way through the leaf? Well, you can see it on the other side, but there's no hole. Okay. That sounds like a fungus. Uh, yeah. I don't guess it's a flea beetle. Yeah. I think I'd be... That's a good tree, though. Yeah, I think I'd be real careful not this year... Is pretty yeah. exceptional, and it. Uh, I'd, I'd be careful not to to over um, diagnose. That's right for the because with this hundred degree and then <laughs> the drought is really affecting. Did it occur last year too? Yeah, it uh, started treating it last year with the uh, fertilone fertilone systemic okay. side, and it does. That's probably doing the best better. thing you could use. Yeah, I've got. Uh, them. But, the, but you know, usually Monterey oak, oak doesn't have any problems like that. I've got a red oak, a Texas yeah. red oak in my backyard that gets spots on the leaves, and uh, I had had it analyzed, and they said it was called uh, a red oak leaf spot. I could have made. Remember, I could have made that up. Remember that? <laughs> and it's only in areas that uh, the tree doesn't get good air circulation. Yeah. Well, I've got a so I, uh, red oak across the driveway, and it's doing great. So uh, okay. if we, I see it mostly when we have really uh, cloudy springs with uh, yeah. either high humidity or uh, excessive days of rain. I see it more yeah. in mine. The, well, you know, did you say the leaves fall off? Yeah, they turn uh, brown and yellow, and those spots are already starting to fall. I know it's kind of late, but last year it did it a lot sooner. But after I started treating it with the uh, fertilome, and, uh, and I actually yeah. dug away around the root system and added some, some uh, good soil, too, so... So I'd make sure I kept it. I'd make sure I kept it well watered and fertilized. A healthy tree can fight off a lot of things. Yeah. And then that tree can keep its leaves all the way till it gets more leaves, depending on how the the year goes. So cleaning yeah. up after it as often as you possibly can might stop a, a reinfestation from one year's leaves to the second year's. Yeah, leaves. I'm I'm with Trace on that. I just I've seen them recover. Oh, yeah. Respond to the weather a certain way, depending on the soil and 
what their situation is, mm-hmm. and then in the future have no problems. What what percentage of the leaves fall off? Is it five percent or ten percent? Oh or? no, really. Uh, let's see. The year before, prior to this year, it was maybe twenty-five percent or better. Wow. And, uh, at this time, like I say, I'm looking at it now, and about the, the leaves that are falling are in the top, probably the top five, six foot. But you know, it's not this many, not that many this year. But uh, every year is going to be different on how many of the trees drop naturally. Because if we get silly cold, it'll shed just like every other tree. And if we don't get cold at all, it's going to do just like the live oaks, where it'll shed at the end of February, early March, as it's putting on its new ones. So I'm not sure that's a good judge. That's what, but that's why I say clean up as as it drops. Uh, That way, you try to keep next year's leaves not out with this year's leaves. What percent? how tall did you say that tree was? Twenty feet tall? Fifteen. Well, no, I don't know if it's twenty. It's close to it. Uh, it's it's gotten to be about ten inches at the bottom, or so. Okay. I tell I tell you what I want you to try. Uh, this 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 winter, uh, spray the entire tree, limbs, trunks, everything else. With a dormant oil, or they're calling it, what are they call it, summer oil? Now? Horticultural oil. Horticultural oil. Okay. All right. And that, about, that gets uh, gets uh, diseases uh, or fungus and bacterium that might be on the bark. Okay. What about continuing to use the fertile oil, Mike? Well, as long as you have leaves to spread on, then... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if for some reason you go completely leafless at some point, uh, it won't do any good. Well, I've also kind of kind of got it to go in around the root system close to the tree. I've watered that pretty heavily with the fertilizer. No. No, that's not doing any good. Yeah. Um, it's got to be and, on the folders. Yeah. And then your watering really should be done at the drip line of the tree. So it, it, both in both directions, it didn't help you that much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your next spray should be that uh, adornment oil spray. All right. Okay. You gotta go then. And, and this I tree is gonna. Go. This tree is gonna make it. Okay. It's gonna be okay. Yeah. It has a will to live. Yeah. They're tough. All right. Great. Okay. Thank All you. Right. For, thank right, you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. You take yeah. care. All right, that'll free up a line at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. As mentioned, Trace is on the porch with us. You probably heard that. Are you going to try to look for the caterpillar again? Uh, yeah, I'm going to look. All right. You still don't Jay, see it? Jay must have special glasses. He does. He has uh, worm finders. Do you have uh, spinach transplants? Uh, yes, I do. Or I did this morning. I think I do. Okay, Six, six packs. Uh, the supplier... Uh, is out, or they're waiting to grow some more. I guess they had a run on spinach. Well, they're little, but they're they're there. Yeah, and uh, so you got spinach, and uh, don't you have some of that colorful chard out there? I believe so. I see it waving in the wind up there, and you got cabbage, and even some uh, colorful lettuce. Yeah, and then uh, there in the uh, office. Is the uh, 
Crawford letters. <laughs> yeah. I have a question for Trey. Uh-oh. Trace no, is- no, I still can't see the captain. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too late to run, Trace. <laughs> I want to know why Viola's, the small pansy, is more expensive than pansies for you to buy. Are they hybrids, super hybrids, violas? No, but I got a deal on pansies. Oh, okay. So I'm okay. passing it along, whereas that. I didn't get a deal on violas. <laughs> I, d- I just wondered about that. Uh, I, as I was walking in, that's some killer plants so of violas. It, so every Wednesday I have to come up with the next week's ad. Yeah. So I'm finding what's out there, if it's pretty, if it's a good deal. Yeah. Uh, how how much of a good deal I can pass along? What's, yeah. what's going to bring people in? What's going to not bring people in? I write about violas next week. Uh, oh boy! Because they're, uh, they're I bet they're not going to be as in love with violas as no, no, but they're so they're so versatile in terms of uh, in those small containers. Oh yeah, you, you know they they fit in there and they uh, drought tolerant and can put up with full sun. And, and of course, you mentioned all those. Yeah. Colors. I don't know if the blooms. I don't think the blooms freeze off either. So no, after a hard freeze, they'll come back and bloom shorter, faster. Yeah, they're great. And uh, they, 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 it's the same situation that we had years ago uh, when we didn't know how to promote uh, multiflora petunias. Versus grandiflora petunias. Oh, I got I got some killer <laughs> stuff coming in the spring when it talks about petunias. A, yeah, grandiflores. I'm I'm not gonna discuss you, it. You know you don't tell us. But I, I'm having some special ad items grown of some petunias right. that you've never seen before. All, All right. right, good. And uh, they uh, yeah they've done a lot of work on petunias, but back in those days and. Uh, all the, all the growers, the commercial growers, would always tell me, said, well, people want to buy the grandiflora, well, the one with the big blooms on But the grandiflora, uh, the big bloom one, is the first one that's damaged by hard rain and things like that, where these little ones, multifloras, uh, would be violas in this case, are... Uh, don't get damaged by by the uh, rain and wind and things like that. So, and now that they've got these killer colors, back in those days, all they had was that. Uh, I think he's referring to that UT orange in the viola. Yeah, yeah no yuck. doubt. That's the beautiful knockout colors. I, th- I think we got a petition up to get that off the market. Is yeah. that still on the market? It is, and it's actually probably the most popular yeah. color. Yeah. <laughs> The only thing that comes close to this mix. Yeah. Do we ha- do we have any maroon violas? I don't think so. What kind of deal is that? You got, you got maroon pansies, but they call them red. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> not really red. Yeah. But anyway, and I also saw we saw a le- somebody walking through here a while ago with my favorite uh, amaryllis. Yeah. It's but pretty- it had a bloom on it. Had three blooms on. That come yeah. out of the greenhouse. P- Peter bought those to set next to the other ones, so people <laughs> would understand what's happening. People are buying, them. but people are buying them, and uh, <laughs> what, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, 
Yeah. So my assumption is he'll buy us some more next week. But you've got some. Uh, oh, he buys those from the producers. Uh, those I think came from uh, from Claypack. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're growers of poinsettias and things like that. They they grow all kinds of floral stuff, oh, mums yeah. and clanchos, ragger begonias, all that pretty stuff that you put inside for Thanksgiving table type yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. We're getting closer. When will oh. Christmas stuff start coming in? Well, it's already in. Some of it's already rose. here. Oh, what I miss? <laughs> well, our Christmas stuff is all set up. Angel tree, all oh, that. Yeah, I saw that. All that's ready to go. And we got our first shipment of wreaths and garland in. Oh, good. Christmas trees will probably be uh, starting next Friday. Christmas cactus, I think, are going to be Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, poinsettias are going to be just before Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, what else am I missing? Well, I, the live Christmas trees showed up. Yeah, oh, I was walking in. I was yep. saying there's so, a big good supply of those. Yeah, well, I got some topiary rosemaries all the way to some very large Leland cypress. Yeah. And, and talk about the wreaths and garlands, because I know that's something y'all are really proud of. Well, you know, there was a, a move many years ago to go artificial for all that kind of stuff. And, and I can understand if it's an area that you can't keep moist or something like that. But they don't have the smell. So you can do a live wreath, live garland, and have that Christmas fragrance. There you go. Uh, but you do need to stop them from sweating, because they, they're still, the moisture's still going. And it's not like a Christmas tree where you can actually just put it in water. So you you got to be capable of uh, misting it or hosing it down yeah. regularly. So our, our goal is 10 times a day. Okay. Um, have you got that cloud cover stuff? I, I do, and we're gonna we're probably going to nail it with that this next week when we have some time. Okay. All right. we got to say goodbye for today, though. We've no. run out of time. We'll talk more about all this tomorrow. Thanks to Al doing a great job back at the station. Thanks to Trace coming up and visiting with us on the porch. I'm Milton Glick. On behalf of the guys, thanks to you for listening. See you tomorrow.